all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am Danielle Boer. I'm so glad that you're here listening. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to all the people that have listened so far. Uh, you guys are amazing, and I appreciate you so very much. Um, so far we've been in the United States, um, UK and Belgium. Uh, that's so awesome. Thanks guys. Um, thank you for continuing to listen as well. Uh, that's what I like about the whole podcast thing. It breaks it down where everybody's listening from. Uh, so thank you for continuing to listen and being loyal and listening to every episode. Um, I love that, and I love you guys for it. Um, Every episode is special to me for so many different reasons. I like to kind of showcase people's, like, life and stories and things they've been through and different, their different points of views and how they get through um, the good or bad times and and get past it and hopefully will help someone. Uh, So with that being said, uh, today... So excited. Um, I have somebody very special to me on the podcast because I've known her for a million years. We're not that old, okay? But <laughs> since second grade, y'all. Okay. If you listen to episode one, you know how old I am. I'm not going to tell her age, but that's been a while now. <laughs> so since second grade, I've known her. And we've both uh, were in a military family. So, like, we lived the part a little bit and then we came back um together uh she is an amazing uh woman amazing mother 
amazing person. Um, her family's amazing. Like, I love her family. Uh, I know her parents. Um, and uh, I'm just so happy that she's on. Um, so her name is uh, Wilhelmina Beckman. And like I said, she's a mother um, of six. And she's a wife. And she's just an all-around amazing person. So uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Wilhelmina to the podcast. Woohoo! Hey, thanks, baby. I'm so excited. I'm I am so happy that you're doing this. You are you're gonna flourish in this. You are so great with people, and I'm so honored to be on here. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I'm gonna try not to get emotional at the beginning, <laughs> so I have to I have to spread it throughout. So I can't promise that. <laughs> no, I'm so emotional Sorry. all the time. Um, so no, I'm so um. I, I'm honored that you uh, agreed to be on here um, and that, uh, you know, to like, I've been following you, not like a stalker, but like, I've been following you on social media and the same you said for, for me, like you're watching me. So it's really cool to like put that together and actually talk to each other, and like, yeah. you know, instead of just oh, watching yeah. each other's like fume pass. Yeah. Uh, so, um, like I said, uh, we're both military brats, and um, I kind of just want to start off by asking, like, where, what places have you um, lived, if if you've lived in many places like me? So I didn't live very many places. I am the youngest of six myself, and my dad um, was stationed at Fort Meade when I was two and a half years old, and... Um, retired when I was nine and we just moved right off base and he then like was a contractor for NSA and we stayed there until I graduated high school and we just stayed in the area so I lived with him in um, Monterey California and I was born in Oakland like out at Treasure Island and um my family lived other places, but my dad was an Arabic and Farsi linguist. So you don't really travel to the Middle East with your parents when they, no. when they go. So we just stayed behind a lot when he would go. Um, my older siblings did go more places, um, but I didn't. And I just, one of the few who lived on Fort Meade for like eight years. And just stayed there. And then, um, but since living off, uh, graduating high school, I've lived in Utah and uh, Illinois and Nevada and Idaho. And I love to travel the world. It's one of my favorite things to do. I am a big believer of making your world smaller by seeing more of it. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Um, so funny thing about me is that, and I always like, I always like to point out that obviously we have stuff in common, but I always like to point out what I have in common with people. So my dad was actually a German linguist, but I actually got to live in Germany twice, um, which was awesome. But um, 
So I haven't been to a lot of the states in the United States, though. <laughs> so that's really cool that you have, like, literally all the things that you, all the places you named. I don't even think I've ever been there. Uh, I've been to California, but <laughs> I lived in California for like a hot minute, too, when I was a baby after Hawaii. But that's really cool. Um, That's something that's my goal. Like, one day is to be able to travel around and um, see different things that's part of you know history and different monuments different parks and stuff like that so that's really cool that um you get to do that and uh i love that so now uh you have uh an awesome husband named brian so how long have you guys been together um together and then married all together <laughs> so we got married pretty quickly so we have been together this month, 16 years, and we've been married 15 years. Wow. Um, and we've been married, yeah, so in December, it'll be 16 years. So we were only together six months when we got married. And um, we only knew each other six months when we got married. And um, yeah, we've been together 15, we've been married 15 years. That's amazing. Um. I just want to um, clap for that because um, <laughs> marriage is hard. Uh, yeah. It's hard. And without adding all the stuff we're going to talk about that <laughs> that your journey is, it's hard by itself. Like with not that other stuff, it's hard. So um, that is amazing. I'm proud of you guys. Um, so do you like, I always ask at the end, do you have any advice? But I'm just do you have, I know you probably heard this 600 times, but what's something you can tell us that's important um, uh, just for you to, that you've lasted this long? So before we got married, we actually took a class um, from a marriage and family uh, relations um, in like a sociology department at the university. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things that we did in that class that I absolutely loved is we both independently wrote a paper that we talked about our three deal breakers in a relationship. Mm. And um, that were like, if this happened in our marriage, I would be broken and I could not handle the relationship. I think people need to realistically go into a relationship knowing what they could not handle. Strongly suggest that. Um, I think people need to go into a relationship having already talked about finances. Um, that does not mean that if you go into a relationship with debt that you shouldn't go into that relationship. I went into our marriage $15,000 in debt, me personally. I had medical debt that I had. Like I was a college student who had major surgery before, before marriage. Like he needed but he needed to know that he needed to know what I was bringing to the table financially. We talked about children and expectations of how we would raise children. I was the youngest of six. He was an only child. Those are huge differences oh, yeah. going into that. We, we talked about culture. Um, I, I am a, a military brat is a huge cultural thing right there itself, like you mentioned, but I am also half Caucasian, half Puerto Rican. Uh, there's huge things there. And he is um, 
an Idaho boy who was raised <laughs> on a lot of land uh, around no one. <laughs> so there's huge differences there as well. And we discussed those very clearly. And so while we had only six months together before we were married, we were very clear with our expectations. And I would also say set your expectations low. You wanna remain happy, have low expectations. Don't expect the other person to be someone they're not. And don't expect yourself to be someone you're not. And then big one for us, set aside 10 minutes every day for just each other, one day a week for just each other, and one week a year for just each other, just each other. So while we have six children, there's one week that we don't have six children. We are just together and we travel. We have um, a dip night a week that our kids are um, with a babysitter and now that they're getting older with themselves. And we have 10 minutes a day that it's our time. We're together. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad I asked you that because I think that's going to help a lot of people. Um, it's it's so amazing um wow like i'm trying to take it all in i wish i would have done that um you know i was married for a few years and um and uh you never go into it thinking it's not going to work out like then why would you do it you know <laughs> like so um so the fact that and that proves another point what you just said it doesn't matter how long you know the person you can know the person and be with them for 10 years and then get married and it doesn't work you can be with them for five days and get married and you're together for 45 50 60 years um because like you said first of all communication is very important um and letting the other person know that they're important to you and what they mean to you outside of everything else if you have kids if you don't have kids whatever the case may be you know be it your career be it whatever if you don't put all those things before them, um, that's important. Making time for each other's needs, like uh, emotionally, whatever kind of way, um, that's very important. So I'm so glad you said that. Um, that's so awesome to talk about deal breakers. How smart is that? So that's so cool that you took the class, that it helped you. Um, and that's why... I love this again, um, because hopefully it will help someone. Um, maybe it will help somebody that's single and looking for someone and has the highest expectations and you're, it, it's true. You, if you expect somebody to be perfect, man, not going to happen. Right. Cause we all no. have, our, we all have our flaws and we're all trying I, to blend things together, you know? Yeah. And so, oh my gosh, how awesome was that? I love you. You're so cool. Um, yeah. thank you for <laughs> sharing that. They are uh, so Smart professor. <laughs> thank you professor <laughs> yeah so um all right now you talked about um having uh major surgery and everything um was are you okay like is that with the weight i'm actually asking you what was the are you allowed to talk about what you were going through at the time or well you don't, you don't that was to. i no, it's okay. I had a six and a half pound fallopian tumor. Oh my goodness. Found in college. And oh. so um, I actually first thought it was cancerous and it was not, thank God. 
Um, but that was the beginning of my reproductive woes. Um, and I was not at all trying to have children at that time. I was very young and very single. Um, but I, it actually took seven months to find it wow. because it caused, it's in my reproductive system, but it caused a lot of trouble that made me seem like I was having heart issues and my hands to go numb and because it pinched nerves and did all these things. And, and I was overweight. And so it didn't look, it didn't like cause a bulge or, you know, um, you didn't see it. And so, um, yeah, it took a long time to find it. And, um, yeah. So when we got married, we actually didn't know, um, they had to remove a fallopian tube and part of an ovary. We didn't know mostly because of my lack of experience. We didn't know if I'd be able to have children or not. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one of the things we discussed very openly. Um, but, um, yeah, it was my first surgery. I have had that surgery and nine others since being married to Brian. Wow. Yeah. A lot of surgeries. Oh my and so, goodness. Yeah. Go ahead. Health-wise, in the last five years, I've been diagnosed with two different autoimmune diseases. So I struggle with my health and... Um, my most recent one was just over a year ago, just past last month, my year mark of being diagnosed with lupus. So, um, yeah. Well, I can tell you, um, from my personal, uh, not being a nurse, me being a female and a person, uh, it's very hard to get diagnosed with stuff because I have issues okay. literally with my whole entire right side. Um, and I'm just going to throw this out there because lots of people ask me. Um, I was a photographer and so, pe so people are like, why are you not doing it anymore and all this stuff? Uh, because everything on my right side bothers me and that's what I am. I'm right-handed. So I hold the camera with my right shoulder. My shoulder is messed up. Um, my fingers in my hand are bothering me every joint is bothering me but the weird part is that it's on my right side so they did blood work and they were like oh it can't be lupus because you don't have the marker it can't be rheumatoid arthritis because you don't have the marker it can't be this and I'm like okay so sometimes I can't walk that's weird sometimes I can't you know hold my hand you like grip it or whatever so I'm like what is this so um I'm glad you finally got diagnosed because the process, if people don't understand, is forever, years and years and years. And the fact that you guys are going through that together, that also, again, can cause a like throw a wrench in stuff because it's hard on yeah. the partner. Um, it is. It is. It's and very my children. Hard. And your children. Right. My, and the children. My children have right. to grieve the mother that they lost because I'm not the same mom I used to be. Oh, so, um, oh my goodness, this, I, thank you for sharing but everything. Just so you know, with the lupus and not that it, not that you have lupus, but I've actually gave up a photography business because of my right hand as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it took it the first time a doctor mentioned lupus and MS to me, I don't have MS, mm -hmm. but, or at least 
at least as of right now, I don't have MS. <laughs> but the first time a doctor mentioned either of those to me, I was 19 years old. Wow. The first time they're like, you have symptoms of these, let's go look for it. Yeah. And then I didn't have any of the markers, the whatever that they said. I am now 40. So I was 39 when they came back and said, oh, no, you this is what you have. And I'm like, these are the exact same freaking things yep. for the last 20 years. Me too. Okay. Yep. Nothing, nothing has changed except for now. I finally had a positive Anaterra. That is the one difference. Wow. Same Only thing test with me. that was different. Wow. I'm all, uh, the same butterfly rash dude. It's been the same one the whole time. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, my, so. Well, mine's gotten better because I had it really bad for a while and then yeah. it kind of went away and I was like, oh, maybe I don't have it. Uh, yeah. So I understand. I love this. Um, sorry. I Shameless plug. I keep talking about how much I love this, but I want you guys listeners to see that how many ways like it will come up that I have stuff in common with people. And yeah. we didn't even talk about this before. I promise you. This we're was all not we all we all no, are because you just sent me questions about my adoption and weight loss <laughs> yeah. lupus or anything else. no <laughs> and then it comes up and it's like yeah. holy but, moly i'm feeling the same way you know just it's what i'm saying is like even if it's not lupus or or ra like there are other things like yeah. it can still come up like 20 years of them saying of them treating me like it was in my head me too me too you know? Me too. It's not in your head. Like, Me there's too. something that I mean, your body I've had, is not treating. Well. I've had stroke symptoms to the point where I was a code stroke three times. Um, one time I was life lighted, and another time, um, they gave me TPA, which can kill you. Uh, it's actually a big clot bluster that is, um, it's very serious and very scary. Um, and, um, I was in the ICU. I was, and they found a spot on my brain, left frontal lobe. And again, everything's on my right side. So that makes sense. Correlates. They're like yeah. four, four yeah. millimeters, whatever, whatever on the left frontal lobe. Doody, doody, do. And I'm like, oh, I had a stroke. So everybody thought I had a stroke. They gave me the medicine. Yeah, the last time we talked, that was yeah. what was going on. So I was in the hospital, I was in the ICU, I was NPO, which means nothing by now, mouth, sorry guys, uh, if you're not medical, that means you can't drink or eat or anything. Um, and then I couldn't even get up um, because that medicine is so dangerous that if I fell or something, I could instantly bleed out. And so I was bed rest as a nurse and a stubborn person. That was not fun. Uh, but, and I had slurred speech again. I had all this stuff, weakness, like all the numbness, all the stuff on the right side. And the next day you get a follow-up scan and they told me, oh, sorry, it must have been artifacts. We don't see it anymore, but it could have killed me, guys. So <laughs> it's really scary, you know? And um, anyway, so it's, it's so not crazy in a bad way. You know, I talk weird. It's like crazy and cool that not that we're going through this because it stinks, but you're going to help me because you just told me. That, yes, I've had this for a long time, just like me, long time, 20 years, like, um, same thing. I've had the same problems for the longest time. And at one point, the neurologist was like, oh, it just might just be in your head. And I was like, whoa, it is in my head. I have migraines, but I'm not making it up, you know? <laughs> so thank you. So Wilhelmina, you're helping me too. And I know you're going to help so many people. Um, 
as far as that, um, you talked about um, being overweight, which again, I'm in that boat, but you're not in that boat anymore, which is amazing. Uh, you and your family have lost so much weight, uh, which I love. Um, I love looking at the pictures and how great everybody uh, looks and you, your mother, I mean, everybody, like I've known your mom and your dad for, I don't know how long, long time. Um, and you, and so, um, how did you lose the weight and how do you maintain it? Okay. Real quick. I told my mom, cause my mom is watching my kids, uh, my little okay. ones, the uh -huh. big ones are out with friends, but my little ones. And I told my mom I was doing this interview with her, with you. And she was so, so excited. And she, you were one of like four people she remembers from high school. I'm oh. not even going to lie. And don't she, make me cry. No lie. And she was like, I used to go visit her at Denny's, Nina. And I was oh. like, yes. Like after I left, like after I moved away. And she was like, she is my favorite ever. I love her. Tell her hi. So there you go. Said that. Okay. Oh, my God. So, Thank you so, so much. Loves, no, you're making me cry. Right now. She loves you to this day. She remembers you <sighs> as having the kindest, most genuine heart, like loves you to pieces, just thinks that you have the best soul. Ever. <laughs> Thank okay. you. No, so, that means a lot to me absolutely. because I she really, oh. really does. I love your parents. I love your mom. I mean, she used to even hug me at the restaurant. Like, I love your parents. Like, and I love regular people. people. Like, you know, not regular people, good, but I'm talking about like, people, but... yeah. So like in the restaurant business, you get like what they call regulars. That's what I meant by regular mm -hmm. people. And, um, and it's like literally your family now. Cause you see them like once yeah. a week or twice a week and you're like, if they don't come in, you're like, why weren't you here on Tuesday? You know, <laughs> so, yep. but that yeah. means so much to me. Uh, and it's really funny cause that Denny's was my home as well for 500 years, way too long. Uh, but, ah, oh, thank you for saying that. Like you made me cry already. Um, because I love, I love your mom too. Um, and, um, they're just amazing people like your whole family is amazing and because your siblings are older i know i think a sister and a brother that's it like i only know a couple of them and um, so we're actually really close in age we're just so many of us there's, <laughs> there's six of us but there's only but there's only seven and a half years between oh, wow so we are like or i'm sorry that's my child. just under eight years between me and my oldest brother so oh. we're we're super close in age so but yeah yeah but you know my brother jacob he was the yes. one just older than me yep I my brother jacob. isaac is just older than oh i Sam. know isaac i know isaac and then my sister Corey. yep i think those and are then the... the next two the next two were, they were out of high school before we were in yeah so. oh my gosh how cool all right so um Okay, so uh, my family. So weight loss. I will be up front. I had what is called the gastric sleeve surgery. Mm -hmm. And I had that when my husband and I were married uh, four years, three and a half, four years. And um, we had been trying at that point. Uh, we never didn't try, but we had been like really trying. We had did a full year of in vitro and we had... Um, I just lied to you. We've not been trying anymore. We had actually already adopted the four boys. Okay. We did a full year of in vitro and um, I had the last round we did, 
we've done three rounds that were unsuccessful. And on the fourth round, I got pregnant and um, I also had an atopic pregnancy. Hmm. So one took and one was a topic. And um, thankfully, the one that took technically was also not viable, like didn't have a heartbeat. But I also had an atopic. So I had to, I forget what it's called, but basically they had to give me a, a very low dose of chemo hmm. so that I wouldn't die because of this atopic pregnancy. But if that baby had had a heartbeat, I would have had to decide like what I would do Mm. with this heartbeat baby and the atopic pregnancy. Like, I think it was God's way of protecting me of having to decide because I had had at that point, 44 years of wanting and praying for a baby and not having one. And literally at that point, my husband was still in grad school. I was still in grad school. Um, he was just about finished. I was just starting. We were, we put every penny we had into, and didn't, instead of buying a house into IVF, um, it would have killed me to have to make any sort of decision. And then we adopted the children and, um, I was, I had gained so much weight through IVF and the depression of losing the, the baby. I was at my heaviest and got our tax return after adoption. And I was, we were looking at like buying a second vehicle. We had a small one that was like dying and we had the minivan or I talked to my husband. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't be this big. Like I can't play with the kids the way I want to. And when we adopted our four children that are adopted, they were four, three, two, and six months old. And um, I was like, I want to have weight loss surgery. I have tried so many things and um, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I hurt and I can't move the way I need to. And my mom's diabetic, my dad's diabetic. Three of my four brothers have diabetes. Um, they all had diabetes by 35 years old and I was 30 and I just was like, I can't do this. And so we took the tax refund and that insurance wasn't going to pay for it. And we paid out of pocket for me to have weight loss surgery. And, um, I stuck to the rules that the nutritionist gave me to a T to a T and I lost 120 pounds in eight months. Wow. And then I was pregnant. Yeah, I was pregnant. And um, yeah, my timeline must be off there because we had the boys for three years. by the time I had my daughter. So I must have, we must have waited two years before I had weight loss surgery. But yeah, after getting boys, that's so... refund. But yeah. Wow. So that's um, so awesome because, um, I mean, I actually have so many friends that um, have gotten it done. 
I've thought about it myself, but I respond to stuff not very well. To be honest, my body rejects things. And um, I literally had a thyroid biopsy one day and could have died um, from a thyroid biopsy. That's it. Um, my blood pressure tanked and then it went up sky high. And it's just I responded like poorly to it. Um, Yeah. thank goodness it wasn't cancer either. But um, but. Oi. So, um, I've thought about it myself. Um, so how long have you, um, kept off the weight? Like, I know that you had how, so we talked about the one pregnancy, but you've had two kids, um, since then. Um, and how long, I did. how long did So I it? had, I had my daughter and then 14 and a month, half months later, I had my son. And I don't know if this is TMI and if it is, you can edit it out, but I actually never had a missed period between my daughter and my son, uh, or a Wow. return period. I never had a return period between my daughter and my son. So, um, yeah. In fact, the way I found out I was pregnant is I had a gallbladder surgery, like removal after Yeah. her. And, um, I went back into the hospital a month later. So she was a couple months old. I went back in a month later thinking I was having complications from gallbladder surgery, removal surgery. And, um, they're like, okay, we need to give you an MRI with contrast to do that. We need to make sure you're not pregnant. Is there any chance to you're pregnant? I had been out of town. I went back to Maryland to visit family Vasectomy. to, to, 
a vasectomy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like before we knew we were pregnant with my, our youngest son, he was going, he was already like in the books with the doctor to have his vasectomy. So like we literally no plans to have a sixth child. Um, and God had other plans for us and we absolutely needed Owen in our family. So, um, yeah, so he's, that's how we have our sixth son. And I don't even remember what your question was exactly, but, <laughs> but um, like how that came to be, or yeah, that's how we have our sixth son. And Oh, yeah. that's, that, that's okay. However you get to where you get there is awesome. There's so six. we talked six. about the, four boys and they were young when you yeah. got did you four three two and six months so did you foster them first or was it like straight to adoption i don't know how it works so if you can kind okay. of explain it to people and they're all related so, correct they are biological brothers okay and legally to adopt them had to be in our home for six months before the adoption a minimum of six months before the adoption could be finalized so they were in our home as foster children but they were placed in our home as their adoption as we were their adoption resource okay so they came into our home knowing that we would adopt them um, but we were their foster parents uh, they were already when they were in put into our home they were the term would be legally free their biological parents had already had their parental rights terminated. And so when that happens legally, they are actually no longer even considered siblings. Oh, and what people don't realize is that's how siblings can be split up oh. is when parental rights are terminated. It's not just the parental rights, it's familiar rights. So they're not legally related to anyone um, legally. Obviously, they're still biologically related. Uh, so the parents had done things that they could not have. They forfeited the right to have their children. And so the three older boys were in one foster home, and then the baby was born. And um, because of how heinous the parents' acts were. Um, typically, it takes at least 15 months in foster care for a child's rights. 15 out of 18 months, uh, at least that was the, ro- uh, the law when we adopted uh, for a child's uh, rights to be, for a parent's rights to be terminated to their child. Because the older boy's rights had been terminated, the judge was able to terminate the baby's rights earlier than that didn't have to wait the full 15 months. Um, So his rights were terminated faster. The three older boys were in one foster home and the baby was in another. The three older boys were not in a very stable, good foster home. And she did not meet meet with the foster mother of the baby. Um, She didn't, she didn't take the baby in. And so the baby was in a different foster home. So when we got them, they had only met their younger brother uh, two times. Mm-hmm. And so we took off four boys, but we also reunited the brothers. And so um, it's a great, the baby had a fantastic foster home. They were wonderful. They gave us all his baby uh, photos. They gave us baby blankets. Um, they are still Facebook friends with us and will check up on us and we'll check up on them and they're just fantastic people uh the older three had some rough 
beginnings even in the foster care system. And it, it's, it was a sad story and how they even came into our home was sad. It was supposed to be a visit to see if they belong with us. And uh, they were in our home one hour and their social worker called and said their foster mom uh, just called me and said that they won't take, uh, she will not take them back into their home. Mm. So we need you and Brian to decide, are you going to keep them or are we going to send them to a respite home while you decide? Hmm. And uh, we decided right then and there that we would keep them forever. And they were ours. Uh, so um, <laughs> I'm so emotional. Um, first of all, uh, you guys are amazing uh, because to keep to bring siblings back together is wonderful. Um, I had no clue that that was a law and that the familiar rights like went away it's like i didn't know that that was a law so thank you for bringing up so many um important topics but um wow so you went from not being parents to having four kids and one is a baby two were taught like babies like young i mean they're all kind of babies but um whoa that's a lot to i <laughs> that's a lot to take yeah. in um, cause I'm just thinking about how I would respond to that. That's, and that's a lot. And so you guys are like, that was so selfless and amazing of you. Um, and, uh, how did you adjust? Did you have everything you needed? Did you get help with stuff or like, I mean, how did you have the means or like all the, did you get a crib from somewhere or did you get help or? Oh, my church family. Wonderful. Saved, uh... So we were not by family, much family. We were by my husband's parents and they, they were amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we had bought a crib and three, like two toddler beds and a little bed, like a regular twin bed. We had bought that. But um, when they, when we decided that we would keep the boys overnight, like from a visit to like, overnight they're with us forever that was on a Thursday Saturday the women in my church decided to uh they put on a baby shower for us oh and we went I showed up and there were easily 40 women there wow easily and Danielle I do not lie it took five people to drive back with their cars full of toys, car seats, uh, high chairs, bouncers, swings, clothes, dressers, wow. books, bookcases. Woo, that and is then awesome. they were there. They were there for over a year with Tuesday lunch play dates, Wednesday mother's helpers, so I could go shower and their daughters would play with my kids. Um, another woman in my, 
and my church also adopted her children through the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And she was the first person to say, you and your husband cannot stop your tradition. It had been five years at that point that we had gone away every year that we took a week off together for our, for our, our vacation. And she's like, you can't stop your tradition. I am certified to watch your children overnight. Go. Oh. I'll watch them for a week. And because while we were, I would watch her kids and not long. I watched them overnight, maybe once or twice, not as long. Um, but I was one of the few people who would like, just call her and be like, let me take your kids. Mm -hmm. And so she returned with that with go, you know, and we've made it a priority ever since she taught me that I needed to continue that. And, um, they showed up big for us, big. And they, and it wasn't just that Saturday, they continued. They were there. They, they, um, there's a tradition in our church where the fathers and the sons go camping to, it's called the father and son camp out. And, um, we don't camp. My husband doesn't camp. He's not an outdoor person. And uh, we have four boys. You know, mm -hmm. he's going from never camping to camping with four boys. And it was like <laughs> right, like two months after we got them. And they showed up to pick him up with tents and blankets and all the gear. And they set it up for him. And they, you know, they're oh. like, let's do it. And every time there was, signups for because I didn't you know you kind of learn how to look for when signups for t-ball is and yeah when you know when how to register your kids for 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 preschool and and finding a dentist and I didn't have any of that learning I had a four-year-old I had a three-year-old I had all of the things yeah. and they had all the information for me and they would go to the visits with me and they would, they were there. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. Um, I'm so glad that you had that support um, because it's much needed. Um, <laughs> believe me. Um, and I've been a single mom where I have felt like I was on an island by myself. So that's, um, and not all the time. Um, I've had a lot of help as well, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but I'm so glad that you had that. Now, you talked about your church family. Um, so how important is your faith to you, and how has it helped you? When We haven't talked about everything yet, but how has it helped you get through some um, tough times? Uh, and if you don't mind, what um, faith, what background are you, or what religion are you? Okay, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with that, that is commonly known as uh, LDS or Mormon. Okay. Um, that is huge in who I am. I have a very hard time separating that from anything from, for me. Um, I... I believe that every person is a child of God and that 
he watches over us, but that he does not stop bad things from happening because fundamentally as a father, he has given us our right, our freedom to choose all of us, including people who want to do bad. And if he were to stop bad things from happening to good people, he would be breaking his godliness. But what I believe is when we take those bad things that happen to us and we turn to him because he knows us perfectly, because he knows his plan perfectly, he can put all the broken pieces back together into something even more beautiful than we ever expected and were ever than we ever were before. And that doesn't mean that hurt isn't there. That doesn't mean, I believe that he understands when we're kicking and screaming and angry, sad and broken. And much like I watch my young children throwing their fits and hurting, sometimes he's like, pull it together, child, like this is ridiculous. And sometimes he's like, I know, I'm here and I'm waiting for you to come to me. And when we do, he can make us exactly what he intended us to be. That's awesome. I'm glad that it uh, helps you, you know, in life. And I'm glad that you have so much support um, in the community and in the church. Now, the boys, um, we, we've mentioned the four oldest boys, um, but we haven't mentioned this. Uh, so not only are they siblings, um, not only did you keep the brothers, bring them back together, um, they're not the same race as you. Um, so they're all, they're African-American, um, and, uh, all of your kids are beautiful and so cute. Um, but, uh, so did that ever, where were you, were you living in Vegas then? We were. Okay. So did you ever get any like stares or any rude comments or anything and, um, from anybody in the public and how did you respond to it? Absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. So a couple ways. Um, yes. <laughs> Just yes. Um, so we did adopt, you know, 10 years ago. So a little, you know, a little before the Black Lives Matter movement was so prevalent, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember one of the first things that was ever said to me that really confused me was when 
this woman started yelling at me that I was racist for adopting these black children because obviously it meant that I thought I was better than the black community for for taking them out of their community and I needed to save them from this situation and Oh, just yelling all these horrible things. Danielle, I'm not a person. I'm a very kind person. Yes. I am a very respectful person. I am a very loving person. Yes, you are. I am not a person who holds my tongue. I know that too. <laughs> I am not a person who, while I'm very respectful, I'm not a person who does well with being disrespected. And I am a very opinionated person. So when this woman started yelling at me, I was all, I'm sorry, did you offer to adopt them? Did you go through any classes to foster any children? And because it's a 12 week or an 11 week course yeah. that we had to take, we had to open ourselves to financial scrutiny. We had to have our home come and inspected. Yep. We had to have someone in our home every month while the children were still technically foster children we had to keep record of every bruise every cut every time we took them to a doctor every time we gave them medicine we had to abide by every rule that like was not like how we would parent but how someone else would want us to parent right for all this time and we're like did you did you do that did you step up to take these children or would you rather them bounce from home to home like we were willing to take them. So yeah. since you weren't, shut your pie hole and, and let me buy my kid their lunch. Like just shut up. Yeah. And I got to this point where I was just really angry about a lot of it. And I would get a lot of, your hands are really full. And when people would say that, I'd be like, yes, they are. So please hold the door open. I, I need to get through it. <laughs> or we get That's a smart. lot of, are they all brothers? And my oldest son, one time when someone said that shortly after we had my daughter, completely innocent, completely genuine. He was like, no, that one's a girl. <laughs> and it it totally melted my heart like I'm like oh, I'm so glad he sees them as a, yeah. a group yeah or they'd be like are they all yours and my husband would be like imagine my surprise <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they all are they all related are they all boys? No, we only feed half of them. So these are the ones we're out to with today. Like my husband would just totally be sarcastic with it. <laughs> like, and he would say that back to people. And I'm like, God, like they're going to call the CPS and tell them they're only feeding half their kids. Because <laughs> people are ridiculous. And can't, really? like, instead of offering help first. Right. I'm not saying like when you see actual abuse, but when you don't know something. Or when you see someone struggling, instead of offering help, they offer judgment. Happens all the time. And so 
my husband just is, he has like no patience for it. And he's so sarcastic and it's hilarious. And so we got that. But I would also, I, I got bitter and I started to think people were like staring and judging and, or people would also be like, oh, you're Beckman. So I'd be like, how do you know my name? And it's because I'm like the white woman walking around with four black children. It, it became very known. And I was talking to one of my best girlfriends, one of college friends, and she told me this story of uh, this friend of hers. She also adopted a little African-American baby and she was at a doctor's office and this woman just kept staring at her and she was getting angrier and angrier and she had this baby on her hip and her little baby on her hip and the woman's just staring at her and I kept looking over at her and then looking away and looking over at her and looking away. And she gets back into the doctor's office and she's so angry. And she finally, like the nurse is like, it's everything okay. And, and she's like, I'm just so sick of people. This woman just kept staring at me and she didn't have the baby on her hip anymore. And the nurse goes, well, it's probably cause your shirt's like way tucked up and your bra's sticking out. <laughs> And when my friend said that to me, I was like, Steph, are you trying to tell me sometimes people aren't staring at me because I'm walking around with four African-American children, but sometimes they're staring at me because of something else that's happening. And she was like, maybe, Nina, maybe sometimes it's not because of who you're walking with, but because of how you're walking. Wow. And it hit me. And so I've tried to live my life. I can't control a damn thing anyone else is doing. Right. Doesn't matter why they're staring, but I can control how I walk. What a good way to look at it. And again, thank you um, to both of you for being so awesome and not caring what race the boys were but the fact that you wanted them to be together that's amazing like that's amazing parents like it it shouldn't matter but people do have so much judgment um and i always compare myself it's totally not the same but my bonus son both of his parents are black and um so i am white i do have mixed kids but my kids are way lighter skin than my one son um and to me, he was my baby. I don't care. He's always my baby. I'm not with my ex-husband anymore, but he will always be my baby. Uh, he, all four of the kids are tattooed on my only tattoo. Their names are tattooed on me. All four of them. I will never think of him as not my baby. Um, but we lived in a little small town in Ohio. And my parents are from West Virginia. So I was always scared um, when he went to my grandma's and stuff because so many people are racist there. And um, I remember one time, like, going to his school, and I was his mom. Like, that's all I knew. He hadn't seen uh, his biological mom in so long. To this day, I don't think he's seen her in 12 years. But um, so um, I wish I would have adopted him. But that's not the process. That's not how it went because I was married to his dad. But anyways, and I thought we were going to stay married. But um, so this one kid said to me, how? is he brown and you're not brown and I, I didn't know what to say and I was like just because you know <laughs> I don't know but um so 
And that was with only one of my kids. And I remember one time he came to me and I handled it very poorly. I'm just saying. Um, my friend was over there and my, um, her husband is black and my friend is, is mixed, black and white. And we happened to be having a cookout. And my son came and he was crying. And I think he was like, oh boy, nine or something at the time. I can't remember, but he's crying and he's like, mom, this little boy said he can't be my friend because I'm dark or something like that. And I was like, what? And so like, I think I started crying in front of him instead of helping him. I just broke down. And my friend goes, go away. And she went through being mixed living in the same area. So she said, go away. And she talked to him. Um, and so it just broke my heart. So I'm sure, you know, as their mom, like, even if that's not why they're staring, you are the mama bear. It's protective. I've done this same exact thing. I've gone places and I've been like, they're staring because of, you know, because of this or because I'm, you know, and then me and him used to have alone time. I rotated alone time with the kids and I would just be me and him sometimes and people would look at us, but maybe that's not the reason why they were looking at us. But for some reason in my mind, I would just go into this protective mode, like, don't look at my baby. This is my kid. Don't worry about it. It's none of your business, you know? And, um, so, but I really, um, again, your situation is totally different and I, but I really like applaud you, um, for just being great parents and not worrying about what the boys look like. Who cares? You want to give them a good life. That's important. So, um, it's also important to you, I know, that you um, you do so many amazing things, which we'll talk about um, for all the kids. But you like to um, inform the kids about culture and do so many things. Um, um, How is that? And you have family that helps su support in that, too. How is that? Why is that important to you? And what are some of the things that you do for the kids, all the kids? So one of the things that was important to me when we adopted the boys was realize, how do I say this? Okay, so by them being adopted into our family, I thought of it a lot like a tree, like gardening, right? Like, so they changed our family tree as much as we changed theirs. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're adopted into our tree and they're grafted into our tree. We're their parents. Like, like, honestly, like on their birth certificate, my name is on it. Aww. Like they're like, like it's reprinted. It's, it's new. Like as if I birthed them, my husband's name is on it. Right. So like genealogy would be done. It's tied into our line. But I am not so naive as to think that they don't have a different ancestry than me. Right. Right. But I think of it as like, they're now in my tree, but they brought their tree. And they forever changed our, our history and we forever changed theirs. And I thought of it a lot, like, so I mentioned that I'm Puerto Rican. My mom's family went, uh, immigrated to Hawaii um, before 1900. 
and they've been there since. Culturally, we are very Polynesian, very. And so there's a, there's a, uh, in, in, in Oahu, there is a, a, a Puerto Rican um, settlement and they were very much adopted by the Hawaiian people. And that culturally, very, very Polynesian. My mom grew up dancing Polynesian dances, doing lua, uh, like, like professionally. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, we call her tutu. Like, uh-huh. like, I called my, I called my tutu tutu. We called her tutu tutu. Like, it, like it is very. It's, I can't explain like how much. Like, I, I was part of the poly club in college like they call me a poly like it's very much who I am but I'm also very much Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. they're both who I am I feel at home and at peace on both islands more than anywhere else or both sets of islands more than anywhere else I wanted the best I could to give that to my boys. I want them to know that I don't want to erase where they come from. I cannot replace that. And I would never want to because we are part of our path. Like our ancestors are part of us and we will be a part of our future generations. And so I can't teach my boys what it means to be a black man in America. I can't, I am not a black man in America. I'm not a black woman in America, but I can give them every opportunity I can. Um, So we find those opportunities for them and we step back and let them have it, not from us. That's beautiful. Um, oh, I'm going to cry. Uh, try not to cry. Um, again, you guys are awesome. I've never met Brian, but um, like I said, I've been following you guys on social media. So um, I think you guys are amazing. And, um, you know, with everything, there's struggles, right? So, um, but I thank you for doing that for for them because it's important uh, you know, my oldest, I actually was born in Hawaii, but I'm not Polynesian, but um, <laughs> I wish uh, that would be cool. But my oldest is part Japanese, right? So all of my kids are are mixed except for Carmine, um, who is um, both of his parents are black. I talked about him. Well, my oldest one is mixed with Japanese and the other two are mixed with black that I birthed. Um, so my oldest one um it was important for me and his grandmother was uh born in uh okinawa she was amazing she passed away but she's amazing and so she he would learn japanese songs and do all this stuff and i learned it with him and i would teach him you know how to count um or they taught him and i would do it with him and now he's 21 and he doesn't give a hoot nanny about it but (laughs) i wish he did because it's part of him you know and even my other one, like um, at that time I had two two boys and they were two years apart and I would teach him too. Um, even my daughter, I want her to learn that too. And so because 
that's part of the who their brother is, you know? And it's cool to, like, include everybody in it. Um, like I said, I wish that he was more... I mean, now he's a grown man, and he's working, and he has a house, and he has dogs and stuff. So he really, um, you know, doesn't focus on that. But it's an important part of who he is. And, um, and just like the ones that um, are mixed with um, black, we talk about... Um, not just in February and Black History Month. We talk about those things all the time. Um, important people that I never knew about, stories I never knew about, um, because some of that stuff is hidden. A lot of it is hidden, and it's sad. And so as we learn, um, and we're not Black, it's important um, to me as well to include that, because even with my kids that are mixed, it's in important to have that part of their culture as well you know um because um in my instance they're both but they're not only one or the other right no. yeah. so and just like with you guys it's not only one thing it's a mixture of it's a beautiful mixture of different cultures backgrounds ethnicities everything in your household um and so i'm i'm so I love you guys' story and how awesome you are. Now, we're going to talk about something that it's probably going to be hard to talk about. And I'm, okay. I'm sorry if it's too hard and you want to talk about it, it's okay. But a blending a family is hard. And yeah. um, I also know that. And I feel like I'm, like, talking to myself because I, except for the adoption part, because I keep saying, okay, I've been through this too. Um, but um, how did the boys um respond to the younger kids especially you had them like back to back like the two youngest how did how did that how did they adapt to it all of the children what that's a it's a double-edged sword they took really well actually to getting to adopt to to our daughter and our son at first what what's been hard is our two oldest have something called rad reactive attachment disorder and when you are so young and go through trauma even people don't realize about trauma is you don't need to remember trauma for trauma to affect you mm -hmm. and to affect the brain rad can set in with a child as young as four months old Wow. So if a child was not taken care of in their very young age, um, they get these personality things, these behavioral traits where they don't trust adults. And there comes this give and take where they really want you to earn their trust and then as you get closer, they have these really, really disruptive, inappropriate behaviors to push you away. Mm. And those behaviors can often, especially if their trauma was violent, become violent. And so as, um, and that you see more violence as they become adolescents often. 
And RAD is really hard to treat. And um, one thing we didn't discuss is I have been very, very proactive in mental health. Um, we have had a lot of secondary trauma in our home and a lot of one of the kind of ugly sides of, of adoption is that bond that no matter how much love, no matter how much work you do, how much work the child does, no, they will always have to deal with what it means for them to be adopted. They will always have to deal with feelings of abandonment, feelings of worth. That does not mean that someone should not be adopted. That does not mean that they are broken or worthless. I absolutely believe that we are infinitely more than our limitations or afflictions. And my kids are great kids, great people. But we have had some big struggles and there has been a lot of a lot of pushback and a lot of a lot of mental health issues that have come up as my kids have aged that have come out in violent ways and things that are very real that not talked about or highlighted a lot especially adopting through the foster care system that I think that people that are going into adoption and looking to foster that quite frankly, the state lies to people about um, and hides from. I'm in a lot of support groups. I'm actually on, or was on, I'm no longer, but was on the state uh, parent support board, uh, parent support board, a board, I'm saying that wrong. But anyway, uh, it's, there is a lot of abuse from preteens and teens to parents, physical abuse. Uh, there's a lot of physical abuse from child to younger siblings that is known about and not told to potential parents that this could be something that is going to happen or could potentially and very high like rates of occurrence that if they would talk about there is things that can be done beforehand to help prevent and help take care of that they don't talk about before it's like swept under the rug and then families are left out to dry and it's not fair to people that are going into looking into adopting for, people, for children that came from such severe trauma backgrounds. It's not fair to those kids and it's not fair to families that are looking into adopting. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm sorry you guys are going through all that. Sorry that the boys are going through that. Um, I'm sorry that all together you're going through that and the things that um, you've endured so far, um, in that process, that's gotta be hard. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful for you to be open and honest because this, 
hopefully will help so many people. Um, and um, I'm glad, you know, everything is hard to diagnose, like you said, in the hard treatment, but hopefully, you know, like you said, mental health is very important. It's part of our body. And um, I'm so, um, I'm sorry that you guys are going through it, but hopefully everything goes well with the boys and everything gets um, better. Because um, it's got to be hard on everybody, else, like even the younger ones. Um, but on a lighter note, you do a lot of really awesome things um, with the kids. Um, like literally every day you do a such and such of the day. And I was like... Um, she makes me feel like my parenting skills are not <laughs> that great. I'm going to stop you right there. Don't compare yourself to anyone. <laughs> That's true. Because here's the reason I do that. I, when I was diagnosed with lupus, I already had POTS. Mm -hmm. I can't get up anymore. I am on my couch so much. I sit so much of the day and I had to find ways to remain active in my children's life where I could still be present and they would know that I am wanting to hear their stories that I want to be part of of them so I'm not out kicking a soccer ball I'm not out side playing with their friends I'm not jumping on a trampoline I'm not able to set up a lemonade stand as frequently as they would want I can't even dance and I danced forever dance was mm -hmm. my life I can't dance with my daughter without passing out mm. I can't do it I literally cannot do it my body will not let me Well, everybody, everybody has something that they do for their children. That's them. I had to find something new. And so I keep finding something I can do from my sofa because that's where I am. But I still need to be part of their life. So don't compare my pictures of you know, this month I picked, I, we can eat, we have to eat. So why not mm -hmm. go with the month, the day of the month food? Yeah, so that's cool. Think, and try something new. I also have a son with sensory processing and he, he hates to, he hates food, period. But he's always willing to try something if I make it fun. So why not try something and call it a day of the you know, national, whatever, because there's already a list for me. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to stay in my kid's life. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, so speaking of the um, sensory thing, so at one point you guys, I don't know if that was your old house or your new house, you guys built like a, um, a whole, I mean, everything. Like it looked like yep. American Ninja Warrior. So cool. Yeah. Um, how important, and I know it's important to you, but how important was it to you to have individual aspects of each kid in like built into that space?
for them. Oh, absolutely. So when we did that, we asked each kid what was their favorite thing in their, because they were all in, almost all of them were in um, occupational therapy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we asked them like, and somewhere in behavioral therapy and somewhere in play therapy. So we asked them like what their favorite parts were. We have um, bouncing balls and uh, um, gosh, a stage to play on and a, uh, there's a table with a, 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 oh gosh, a castle that hangs over it. And then under that are these lights that are just create this mood lighting that they can like sit and read in and then play clothes. And then there is um, my son swing. He's sensory processing. One of the things that can just swing forever, like a, ta- but it's a taco swing. So it like compresses him a little. And then um, there is, I have a diffuser for oils for different scents to go in there. And we have um, our Google Play so we can have different level sounds. And I also have cameras in there so because they don't always want me in there, but I need to be able to have eyes on them. And then, um, oh gosh, what else do I have? I have brushes for their skin and I have a spinning thing. I don't know. We asked all of them like what they wanted. And then as they have aged and different things were important, we have a pull-up bar was added and um, different pads were added and just, it had to meet their needs. So it had to be things they would use. Things were taken away that they said they would use like a balance bar they said they'd use, but they ended up using it to fight each other. (laughs) Not, (laughs) not, Not as a balance bar. So that went away and yeah oh my goodness that's so awesome um i love that um they also helped my husband build it oh that's so awesome that's important because not only it teaches them like structure discipline and then they see the the end product the you know end result and it's like you're so proud of what you were a part of, you know? That's amazing. Um, I think you guys are so awesome. So um, uh, a couple more things. Um, so you seem like very well-rounded. And I would never know you were going through all of this stuff. Um, so how do you stay so positive um and we can make the answer kind of quick if you if you want um but how do you stay therapy okay i will say for me and it's i'll keep it a little longer but still very short i was telling my therapist that i could do better and that is one thing with rad a lot of moms will blame themselves like mm-hmm. I'm not like they don't feel like they don't feel loved that this behavior is my fault like oh i shouldn't have I know he doesn't like to be touched. I shouldn't have tried to like give him a hug or, or you know, mm-hmm. like, and we'll blame ourselves. We'll blame ourselves. And I, sh- I could do better. And my therapist was like, oh, everyone can do better. And I immediately was like, yes, everyone can do better, but I don't give a crap what those people are doing because right. again, I can't control them. I, and by them, I don't mean my children or my husband, which I also can't control, but like just other people, you know, right. Um, just imaginary people. 
I, Wilhelmina Beckman, know I can do better. Like what I did right there, I've done better than that. I can do better. And I really love what she did because she heard me and she didn't just say yes, but you didn't do better right then. You did the best you could right then, you know, which people have said to me before. And I'm like, but that's not the best I've ever done. So it wasn't good enough, you know? Right. Um, which is what I tell myself all the time, but it was the best I could do right then. What she did is she heard what I said and she changed her, her approach. And she said, okay, yes, Wilhelmina, one of the ways you can do better. And one of the ways you can do better is realizing when you've done good. Aww. So what she challenged me to do was to keep a journal. Not, And I'm like, I keep a journal all the time. And she's like, yes. And go back and look at how many things you wrote down where you wrote what went wrong today. She's like, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to write about what your kids did today. I don't want you to write about all the, because I will tell you guys, I have the most amazing husband ever. He is dealing with my two uh, autoimmune diseases. On top of that, I have chronic migraines. I was diagnosed with that in the fourth grade. They're not going anywhere. And um, we have, between all of our children, we have DMDD, uh, disruptive mood disorder, which is basically a precursor to, um, it's a childhood version of bipolar. We have, uh, I mentioned um, RAD, we have ODD, ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder. Um, I'm missing, oh, anxiety and depression with our children. Those are the diagnoses that we are, we are dealing with and handling. When you are handling that much, yeah, you start to struggle yourself. I myself have ADHD and my other, and my husband is our neurotypical person in the home. And um, he, he, he is a rock star. He does so much for our family and he's just amazing. So it's a rock star. He's like, don't, don't sit there and say, oh, today's a day I had to use my wheelchair because of POTS. Don't like, don't focus on that. I want you to only in your journal, write what you did right, what you, when you had a success. And when I started doing that, I just kept a little notebook on me and I just started writing my successes down. And they were little things like, said ah, I was a good mom. That was a success. Yeah. Carly ran back in to give me a hug before going to school. That was a success. And that notebook, that journal changed my life. And when I'm having a hard day, I go back and I read my own truths of successes. Thank you so much for saying that. And that's going to help somebody too. Um, thank you so much. Um, wow. So we have covered so many oh, things. I'm uh, so yes. sorry. No, don't say sorry. No, hello. You've oh, well, met me. Thank you for letting me share. Yes, it's not that you talk a lot. It's that um, this is the point of this. No, so do I. Um, <laughs> but the point of this is called authentic points of view, right? 
because one person has so many points of view. Um, if you listen, um, everybody that listens, my intro is literally me loosely rapping. I say loosely a rap because it's not a real rap, but I wrote it. And, um, and so it says, um, <laughs> everyone's full of authentic points of view. Me, myself alone, have at least 22. I said 22 because it rhymes with view, but I have like a million points of view as well. So that's the whole thing. It's like we are not just a woman, right? Yeah. We are a, we're women that are mothers, that are sisters, that are daughters, that are friends, that are holding down a house, that are dealing with these health issues that are you know what i'm saying like yeah. all those things right you've been through so much um and i am so grateful that you came now do you have any advice um for anyone that is looking to um get into the fostering system like to become a foster parent okay i know i said something ne- negative about it like that, that they're hiding right i will say that fostering is not for everyone and that there's a big movement like do more support the foster care system guys in any way if you feel called to it do it i would i would still go back to it my children are mine and i would bite truth and nail for them and still they were meant for me and me for them and i love them with everything that i am and I wish that they wouldn't hide those truths so that I was better prepared. Mm-hmm. So find a support group before going to know some of those truths. Um, so you're prepared. I'm not saying don't do it. Because if you feel like it's a good place for you, do it. And if you feel like it is not something you could handle, listen to that voice because it is a lot. But that does not mean that you are excused from helping these children and these families. Just like my church family who helped us that first year survive, because we then moved. Yeah, they couldn't help us anymore. They were gone. But um, we're still helped to this day with, by various people. They often feel alone, seen, trapped, confused, because no one understands. So take the time, ask how you can help instead of how you can judge. That's great advice. That's advice for any, anyone um, with anything. anything, Right. Um, Again, everyone, this is why I say this. This is why everybody says this. I did not, this is not my words. um, (laughs) So I'm not claiming to say I made this statement up, but you never know what someone's going through. Um, I just posted a video the other day. Uh, I was in so much pain that it took me over 10 minutes to load the car and it wasn't that much stuff and I just cried because the pain was so bad 
and I still have to function. I still have to, um, and my daughter's not here, but I'm still, you know, I still have to do everything that I'm supposed to do. I can't just, um, you know, I had to drive the stuff home. I couldn't, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm yeah. in the Target parking lot, you know? So, um, what I'm saying is I'm sure people looked at me like, what in the world is wrong with this lady? But that didn't matter. All I knew is that I have to get from point A to point B, get to where I need to be. And, you know, and so, um, everyone, please try not to judge. Go how ahead. much would have your life, instead of even judging, how much would have your life changed that day if instead of someone looking, they walked over and just started helping you load your truck? Yeah, it would have been great because one of the things that I was loading actually was a heavy metal, it was a gate, and it weighed like probably 40 or 50 pounds. Um, and that's the one thing I struggled with the most was trying to get that in and out, get it in and and um, I was like lifting it and was just crying hysterically. So yeah, it would have helped me a lot. You're right. And that's why I say like, it's so important to be kind. It's so important to um, be there for, for others, to lend a hand if you can. Uh, some people don't respond well to it though, to be honest, because I've actually tried to help someone before and she yelled at me. So I was like, okay. But it was the thought that counts, right? So like it was the, the fact that I wanted to help. So everybody please um be caring like i say in the um the closing uh in the outro uh have an open ears and an open heart or opposite open heart and open ear whatever one um so but the, that's the whole thing whatever you hear on this on these episodes um you might not 100 percent agree with it right you might not you might not like even have been through anything like that in your, in your life but listen to the people that have gone through this and this is their truth this is their story and just have an open mind and say how in the world would i respond if i was going through that and then i bet you i 100 percent bet you you will treat them differently because if you put yourself in their shoes and you think how would i respond if this is what i was going through if they, if I was going through what they were going through, how, how would I take it? Then you'll treat them, you'll treat them different. What if it was your son that was getting something was happening to your son because he's a, a black man or what a black young man? How would you respond? I bet you wouldn't respond, you know, the same way you are now or, or with any situation. So just yeah. think about, think about if it was your family. We do that in healthcare. So we say, um, I've got to treat this patient like they're my mom or they're my kid or they're my whatever. And it makes you look at it differently, right? So even if somebody's being a butthead to you, okay, well, if that was my mom, I wouldn't cuss her out, right? Well, maybe somebody would, but I wouldn't do that to my mom. <laughs> so, so that's the thing, guys. Be, just be loving and be kind that's it that's all it takes and i even did a video where it's like i talk about smiling like when i was a restaurant manager i used to say uh and it's actually in my intro as well shameless plug i keep talking about my stuff but it's a smile something you can give away for free y'all it's free you just go like this yeah and lift up your face um and a smile can help someone you never know again what somebody's going through and somebody's smiling at you can make you feel so much better and make you just feel like 
you know what, let me just take a breath. It's going to be okay. Right. As yeah. opposed to somebody being judgmental or rude to you or mean or, or saying something that's out of character that could change your energy totally the opposite way. Um, yeah. so, Oh, I'm so thankful that you came on. I'm so thankful that you were, um, open and honest and talked about your journey with adoption, weight loss, everything, um, your health journey, um, the things that you've been through. Um, and it makes it even more special that you and your husband are still together. Just want to point that out. The fact that you guys have gone through so many things together and you still make time for each other. Um, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm so proud of you guys because it's hard. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And thank you for sharing. Um, thank you for, um, I need to do better being people's friends because I, I consider so many people my Me friends. Too. I'm like, oh yeah, I knew them for so long. And then I don't speak to people. Um, I, I'm the same. Yeah, it's like, it's so hard. And then we don't live, you know, where we went to school and stuff anymore, both yep. of us. And um, I just well, stalk people. I mean, not in a bad way. Yeah, but right. I, you know, when I have time, I'm like checking their, their internet. That's, that's how I am too. I'm like media. so happy for people on social media. I'm like, yes. Um, but um, so Mina, you're awesome. I appreciate you so much. Uh, thank you again. I can't thank you enough um, because I know this is going to help so many people in like a million ways. Um, and uh, can like, do you um, have any like um, website or group or something that they can follow or um, as far as like adoption wise or any um, information that you can give real quick if you oh. have any. Can I, can I get that back to you? I don't know. No, um, that's okay. I, you don't have to. It's fine. Um, I, I actually have a ton. I just, one of the oh, things no. lupus is my brain no that i understand <laughs> we will include that in the uh the link in the bio so we'll okay. include any links in the bio that's okay okay great. um yeah so um all right so that's basically a lot of stuff that we covered um we did and um thank you for having me of course thank you for honestly thank you so much for sharing um your life like literally um sharing the good and the the tough parts of it um and um the fact that you're going through all this health stuff and you're still present for your kids is is beautiful uh because um again not to keep talking about myself but i know it's hard um sometimes like one day uh, just a few days, like the migraine was so bad. I get sick. You shake, you have pain, you, you're just sick. And I just couldn't even do anything. Uh, thank goodness my daughter was already gone. Uh, but she's usually here. And so like, you know, I still have to feed her. I have animals. I have to do those things. Um, I've gone to work as a nurse in so much pain that I'm like shaking, but I have to take care of other people. Uh, so we do those things because we, are tough and we have to um but i'm i'm glad that you know we're not alone in it together either i mean i haven't been diagnosed but i'm pretty sure that, you know one day i'll get diagnosed with something um they'll name it after you there's something 
is named after me. Woohoo! Uh, no, I don't know if I want that. But you uh, always wanted. <laughs> right. No, I want to help people. <laughs> you want this diagnosis? Yeah, it's it's named after. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think oh. about it, how many people had lupus? Yeah. Before they were able to. Before that, lupus was a thing. Right. You know? That's they true. They told all those people that it was nothing. You're right. Whatever. You are so right. So, um, all right. Well, we're going to yeah. say bye to each other. Um, and uh, thank you so much for being amazing. And thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, for till next time, we're going to keep in touch. Uh, till next time. And feel free, you know, even there's going to be a, a season two of this. Um, I would love to have you back and, and have an update, you know, on what's going on, um, yeah. with everyone, but thank you so much again. And, um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so goodbye, good. Wilhelmina. Thank you for Bye. sharing your time with me. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. All right. So thank you so much, everybody for listening. Um, Wow um that was a lot um of wonderful information um uh wilhelmina and brian um, beckman are awesome um and um you know parenting is hard no matter what the situation is no matter how you become a parent um it's really hard uh so um, if you are, um, out there and listening and you're interested in, um, in fostering, um, check it out in your county. I think you can do that. Um, there's classes, um, everywhere. Um, and, um, it's very, it's a very special thing to do. Um, but Wilhelmina is also right. If it's something that's too hard for you, um, you know, don't put, a child through something that you might not be ready to do. Um, but yeah, as far as health issues go, um, if you are struggling, could be a woman or a man. Uh, I think the, wow, I should know this as a nurse, but I think the percentage of people with lupus and stuff like that, the women usually is a lot higher percentage that have it. Um, get help y'all don't give up um there's um again i'm not a doctor so i'm not trying to give medical advice but um don't give up if you're in a situation um keep fighting um again i love because every episode so far people have talked about um therapy basically uh get help and know that you're not alone okay um love you guys um if you feel like you want to be a guest, please, please, please email me, um, authenticpointsofview at gmail.com, um, social media. So authentic points of view podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I actually, um, am excited. I have a guest coming up, um, soon in a few weeks that will be, um, is an amazing guest, but I met him through the messenger. Like he went on my um, page and messaged me. Uh, so, um, if you have a topic you want to hear about, um, anything 
from whatever you think is important and you want to hear from somebody, please let me know and I can try to um, interview somebody that's going through that. Um, again, you're not alone. Um, everybody's special. Um, just know that, you know, somebody is going through it as well. Um, word of mouth, guys. Tell your friends about this podcast, please. Um, if you have heard anything that you like that's helped you, um, that's made you curious about something that um, maybe has made you see a different point of view, um, please tell your friends and family um, to listen. Uh, I love it. It's um, Most of the episodes are above 18 but um you know just because we talk about some really deep things sometimes um but please tell somebody that you know you can share it guys if i post stuff on social media feel free to share it um that would mean the world to me and thank you for listening uh first and foremost um thank you for listening uh, to this podcast and to me, um, as I talk on and on and on, <laughs> love to talk. Um, and thank you for just being engaged. Um, I love to hear from you. Like I said, email, email me and, uh, let me know your opinion about something. What did you like? What did you not, you know, what is, um, something that you would like to hear? Like I said, Thanks, guys. Um, follow me. Share. Subscribe. Listen. Yay. All right. Have a great day, and thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View. And this has been a Creative Global Podcasting production. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart